The Naked DJs Podcast. Are they really naked? We know they expose themselves every day just so they can bring you the best of music. They like to stick it out there for everyone to hear. You can hear their podcast on Anchor.fm, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by author Chancellor Jackson. Chancellor spent a year in China, Beijing to be exact, from 2018 to 2019. The reason he fell in the writing is because of a traumatic experience of being arrested and detained for 14 days in Beijing, which is the name of his book, 14 Days in Beijing. And his book has been number one over 15 times in multiple genres. So we're going to be talking to him about what that experience was like and what what he's got up next after his first book. Chancellor, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, family, blessings and balance to you. Blessings and balance to everyone that's tuning in right now. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you start off by kind of giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself? For sure, for sure. So Chancellor K. Jackson is the name from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. Um, those that's familiar with Atlanta or in that live in the Atlanta area, from Smyrna specifically, um, it's north, north, north side of Atlanta, but um, played football vast, a good portion of my life, nine years, eighth grade, all the way, all through uh, college and everything. Um, I attended uh, Stetson University, it's down in Deland, Florida, small private school, D1 though, D1 ball. Um, I played, for those that are f- football fans, <laughs> I played DB, so I'm um, corner, Free safety, strong safety, nickel corner, you name it. I'm a DB at heart. That's the only position I've played my entire career. Um, so after I, gradu- after I graduated in 2018 with a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies, I landed my first job in China, teaching English to children. I was teaching kids as young as three years old, all the way up to 14. Um, but mainly it was just, you know what I'm saying, my target. Um, age group was the elementary school age range for the most part after I was, I was in China for six months actually um, I landed in China on October 10th 2018 and I was arrested on April 4th 2019 so did six I got a good solid six months of China um, and prior to those last 14 days China was absolutely amazing best experience I ever um went through in my life i highly encourage everybody live abroad at some point in time in their life like it it is really really um enlightening all in all but yeah 14 days in beijing this (laughs) came back after i was released from uh uh, from china well after i was released from jail in china and then deported from the country came back to america continue to teach um also Fell into uh, coaching football as well. I coach varsity and JV at a high school in my county. 
wrote 14 Days of Beijing and you know what I mean just trying to create as many projects as I can with this one story. And you know what I'm saying? I also got some more stuff in the works as well. So yeah, man, just uh a young, young, young soul, young spirit out here, just running a couple of marathons, trying to get established all in all. Well, we're going to talk about the other projects that you got in the works as much as you can. But first, why did you get arrested in, in China? Um, So long story short, I got arrested for uh, weed. Basically, um, I got caught with 1.4 grams. And those that do partake in Cannabis, you know, 1.4 grams isn't a lot. Even if you don't partake in cannabis, we're talking units of measurement, 1.4 grams of anything, it's not a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But drugs are very, you know what I'm saying, very, very, taken very serious in China. So um, it really didn't even matter how much I had. Even if I didn't have anything on me, they drug tested me right there on the spot inside of my apartment. <laughs> so with failing the drug test, I was still going to get arrested regardless. So I was damned either way but um yeah I, everything happened on april 4th uh 2019 this all happened and we talking early in the morning it's still morning time when everything pop off <laughs> for the most part and once i actually arrived to the the jail jail i was locked up 24 hours a day seven days a week 15 people to one cell nine wooden beds and all I had for those 14 days straight was one plastic bowl and one plastic spoon. So did somebody tell on you that you had it and use the drug test, even if you go to like a lab takes at least a day, they must have rapid drug tests, but did somebody tell on you or somebody smell it or how did they know that you had it? I have, I have no clue. That's still a mystery to this day, even when like, even like, audiences or people from my audience have read the entire story they, i still get asked that like that so what provoked them to come to your apartment i'm like man i have no clue hey it wasn't the first time they showed up to my apartment randomly they do spontaneous checks on foreigners all the time just to assure you're not over there illegally essentially so and they had did that earlier that year january in january so and they did it to my co-workers so i was under the impressions that you know what I'm saying? That's just what they was on. When they came in January, they didn't even come inside the apartment. They just stood at the door um, and just wanted to check all our documents. And they, you know what I'm saying? everything was cordial. Everything was peaceful. So I'm just, that's the impression I was under once they popped up again in April. Um, but clearly, no, nah, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't at all. So I have no clue what um, what provoked them to come knocking on my door. Like I was at home by myself. And it wasn't like this is my first time smoking out there either. I've been smoking the entire time, essentially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I honestly have no clue. I guess it was just it was just divine timing. You know what I mean? It was, so you just, were actually smoking when they showed up? When I No, I literally had I got done. I'm finna get ready to head to an event. Um, so I was pre-game because it's a day off of me. So I'm, I'm finna go to this event. With, to meet with some friends and coworkers, we just gonna, you know what I'm saying, just have fun essentially. So I'm like, before I hit the event, I'm a pregame first. So I was in the house pregaming. And then after I got done pregaming and all, now I'm getting dressed, I'm making sure I'm getting everything before I walk at the door. And it's like, it's, here I am finna get ready to walk at the door and I hear a knock at the door. I'm like, who is that? You know what I mean? And that's, it's the Beijing police. So it was just, <laughs> like I said, it was just, it was just divine timing, honestly. I just feel like it just because how everything transpired, the way that it did, it's still questionable and mysterious to this day. Um, 
but for everything to come full circle, here we are two years later. And you know what I'm saying, just what I've been able to create from it and how much I was able to grow from it as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, it was a blessing in disguise. So what was it actually like? I know you said you were locked up 24 hours and didn't sound like you guys had enough beds for the amount of people that was in your cell, but what else happened in your 14 days being arrested, locked down in Beijing? Well, yeah, for sure. So like, as you read the story, like once the cuffs are on me, only communication I receive from the officers is pertaining to just me getting questioned about drugs. Aside from that, I don't receive any information as far as what's this process going to be like, what's going to happen next, how long I'm going to be here. Oh, that's non-existent. So I have no clue what's happening to me. And that's as the reader, that's how you read it. I I wrote it in first person. So it's like you just walk literally going through the entire journey, the way that I went through it um, as if it as if it's you. Um, So once I actually got to the, the jail jail, I was the only English speaker, only foreigner. And myself, so I'm in this motherfucker with 14 other Chinese people, <laughs> with Chinese men, and I don't speak Mandarin fluently or even that well. So communication is non-existent. Um, of course, they're intrigued to see another, uh, see a person of color. You know what I'm saying? Especially this close. So they, you know, what I'm saying they're intrigued to just know as much, learn as much as they can about me and just our culture and everything. Um, but I, you know, what I'm saying. I, I, I can tell it's genuineness, like you know what I'm saying, as far as just their actions and just you know what I'm saying, just the way they're going about just at, trying to pose questions. But it's like, man, I honestly, it's still hard to decipher what it is you're trying to explain, and I definitely don't even know how to go about explaining it because we can't even speak verbally. So um, the first three chapters of the book, which is the first three days, is just it's a lot of me in my head and just my perspective of everything because I can only communicate with myself. I can't communicate with nobody, so. I'm doing, I'm talking to myself a lot <laughs> in the first three chapters. And then chapter four, which is day four, that's when the story shifts. It's a shift within the story. Um, I moved to a cell with other English speakers. So now I can start making sense of how this jail works and how this whole process works and all of that. But still, I have no clue how long I'm going to be here. I can, you know what I'm saying? I got a better understanding of how the process works, but when, when I leave, I have no only time to tell. <laughs> only time to tell. I'm only here. I did 14 days in Beijing because I'm here to tell y'all I did 14 days in Beijing. As you read, you have no clue. You just sitting and just hoping, praying. <laughs> you know what I mean? And fortunately, I was moved to the second cell with other English speakers so I can communicate and form camaraderie and, you know what I'm saying, bonds and and like a quote, the quote say, misery loves company. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to be miserable by yourself versus be miserable with other people. You know what I'm saying? So being able to, you know what I'm saying? We all pretty much stuck in the same boat. We all miserable, but hey, at least we got each other. You know what I'm saying? So we formed a very, very tight bond and I still talk to them boys to this day. Um, you also learned that my situation, despite how crazy it may sound right now, it still wasn't even the worst. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I still, you know what I'm saying? In comparison to some of the characters, man, there's some folks in there that like things you hear in movies, as far as like you you can't go, but you exile from your country, pretty much basically. If you go back to your country, the government gonna kill you because you behind you, you know, you got info on them being behind some form of corruption, or they just your country just completely 
exiled you. You know what I mean? The uh, China ain't even trying to help you uh, get your paperwork or a visa to get you back home. Your embassy ain't even trying to help you or get you back home. So you just, you've been in there for over a year and you don't know, nobody knows you there. And you know what I'm saying? You, you probably already lost your mind. So it's just like, man, it could be a whole lot worse. <laughs> My situation could be a whole lot worse. You know what I mean? Even uh, learning about the actual prison prisons. Because I was in jail. So uh, the actual prison prisons is even worse. And you meet a character within that story. And he a young boy. He was, man, cuz was like 19 years old. And he came from the prison prison and had to do additional time in the jail just because he got into some mischief at the prison near his uh, release. So just learning how the prisons actually were. I'm like, man, y'all did what? For what? For how long? And Oh man, this is it's still fucked up here, but it's like, man, what you just sat here and described to me is a whole lot worse. So it's just like, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a messed up scenario or situation for me, but man, this shit could also be worse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is that something to be grateful for? Like, and it, this story is very enlightening, enlightening culturally, um, spiritually, mentally, physically emotionally, um, logically, you know what I'm saying? It, you, you were enlightening multiple, multiple facets, depending on just where you are along in your personal journey. Um, it's, it's something you'll take away from this story as well as being thoroughly entertained. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's a great read. I mean, it's suspenseful. It's thrilling. It's mysterious. It's dramatic. Um, it's funny at times just because of my personality. I'm a Sagittarius. We have great sense of humor. So, um, I, I, I received several comments about, you know what I'm saying, just things that I, I say or go about doing is just hilarious. Um, so like, it, it's an overall, a well-rounded story. That's why I went number one in so many different genres, just cause if it, you can't just, man, just narrow it down to just one genre or two genres. Nah, you know what I'm saying? It's a real life experience. So it was everything, literally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As one could imagine being locked up in a foreign country could be. You know what I mean? Like, so. Well, one more question for you. How did you finally get released? Did you get to see a judge or they sentence you and say, okay, you get out in 14 days or how did you get released? Well, the sentencing part was, it's in the beginning of the school, early into chapter two. But again, like I have no clue what's going on. I'm just following orders. They told me to come into this room. They told me they hand me this uh this contract that I can't read and tell me to sign it in thumbprint. So I do that, and then I get get back in line, and then we go back to my cell. Come to find out, to, you know, what I'm saying once I moved to the uh the cell with English speakers, oh yeah, that was your sentencing right there. I'm like, what? But I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> so I, you know, what I'm saying literally, I have no clue. You were just a sitting duck until one morning. <laughs> then folks call your name is like yeah come on grab your grab your stuff so it's like oh you know what i'm saying you don't know you don't know you don't know i don't know law you know nothing huh oh no it's not it, no, no absolutely not wow. i'm representing myself <laughs> wow and it ain't even like it's like it's no communication so i really don't I, i'm following orders at this point i'm just following orders uh but i felt that was the best thing for me to do me being a man of color with locks, getting arrested for drugs in a communist country, the last thing I need to be doing is being belligerent, uh, rebellious. 
you know what I mean? I, that, that's not going to help my case. <laughs> that's not, you know what I'm saying? If anything, it's going to make things a whole lot worse. So let's be as compliant and cordial as possible, you know what I'm saying, throughout this process. And me, just me doing that, even though I received no information, I had no clue what was going going on or what was going to happen, I ended up doing the shortest amount of time out of every, then every other character, pivotal character within the story. So, you know what I'm saying? It definitely played in my fact, favor towards the end um, and accumulation to uh, different things that took place. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a journey, literally. It's a journey for real. Well, tell us, tell us about any upcoming projects. I know you say you got some more stuff in the work. Tell us about that as much as you can. Yeah, yeah for sure. So um, I have two romance novels that I plan on releasing soon. And they both piggyback off of 14 Days of Beijing. So it's all going to be a series, a trilogy, honestly. Well, I'm probably going to continue to write more books and more, you know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a, a series. Yeah, I plan on dropping one before the end of this year and then the second one early into uh, the new year. But they, you know what I'm saying? They're based on true stories, um, just like 14 Days of Beijing. And they piggyback off of 14 Days of Beijing as well. And they gonna, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, it, it's gonna, I feel like for, uh, these romance novels are gonna do even better than 14 days, to be honest. I just feel it. <laughs> I just feel it. I felt it. I felt the same energy when I was writing 14 days and 14 days went crazy. So writing these, no, these romance novels, I feel the same thing, but I'm just knowing it's a romance genre. Man, we, man, it's gonna go even crazy. I just know it will. <laughs> and it's not too many male artists, I mean, artists, male authors, yet alone, male authors of color that are writing in this genre. So it's extremely, extremely marketable. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm excited for it. Truly, truly excited. And I, I know it's going to do great. Well, go ahead and throw out your contact information so people can connect with you and know when those uh, novels are coming out. Oh, yeah, social sure. media, website, anything like that. Oh, that, yeah. So um, yeah, man, I just, yeah, I got a website, chancellorkjackson.com. Amazon, far as where you get your copies, uh, 14 Days of Beijing. I also have a free version of 14 Days of Beijing, which is available on Amazon, uh, Apple Books, and Kobo. And it's and the free version is the first three chapters of the book, essentially. So just to get you get your feet wet, you know what I'm saying, and get you hooked <laughs> into the story, so you you leave you want more and leave you on the cliffhanger, to leave you want more. So yeah, I just got two different versions. You, you know what I'm saying, you can get the free version for now. See how you feel, and by the end of you know what I'm saying, the end of that three day journey, I guarantee you're gonna be ready to move on to the full version. Uh, so yeah, website chancellorkjackson.com, Amazon, 14 Days to Beijing, social medias. I'm on every social media platform except for TikTok. TikTok is new, too new school for me. So um, yeah, you Chancellor K Jackson, I pop right up, man. And honestly, the best bet to just find anything pertaining to me, just Google me. The biggest search engine, the best search engine we have, just Google me, either my name or the title of my book. Everything you'll need will pop up, or you'll be able to just find access to other links easily just after doing that. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, amazing story. Chancellor K. Jackson, check out the book, 14 Days in Beijing. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share this information that way. You know, you can share it to your friends and they know that you definitely don't want to go to Beijing even with 1.4 grams. They're going to <laughs> and Android oh, listeners. Download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. 
Thank you so much for joining me today, Chancellor. Hey, I appreciate you, King. For sure, for sure. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.